0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening folks. It is I to I, your friendly neighborhood move goer, John L. And I'm back at it again talking to you guys about another film. The second film in my double feature on a Sunday evening at my local AMC. And uh, this is a film I went into without any expectations. Like, I like to go into most films. Especially when it's just something that caught my eye via the trailers. Now, the film I'm talking about today is Emily. The synopsis reads... And this is something that I learned while watching the film. Um, I have no knowledge of who Emily Bront ever was. Um, I've never read her seminal novel, uh, Wuthering Heights, and or know any historical facts about who Emily Bront was, who her family was, how her life was, or anything of that sort. I went into this film. Uh, with an open mind. Wanting to understand. Uh, what the film was about. What it was going to be based on. If it was going to move me at any point, And. If it was going to make any sense. So. The synopsis reads. Emily imagines. Emily Bront's own gothic story that inspired her seminal novel, Wuthering Heights. Haunted by the death of her mother, Emily struggles within the confines of her family life and yearns for artistic and personal freedom. And so begins a journey to channel her creative potential into one of the greatest novels of all time. this is a synopsis that ends up being written by the U.S. distributor, Bleecker Street. Now, I also found out that this particular movie is being distributed in the U.K. by Warner Brothers. And the Warner Brothers synopsis reads as follows. Emily tells the imagined life of one of the world's most famous authors, Emily Bront, or Emily Bronte, Bronte, it has those two dots on top of the E. Not sure how to pronounce it. The film stars Emma Mackey. Emma Mackey has done uh, such shows as Sex Education on Netflix. And she was also on the movie Death on the, Death on the Nile. Uh, Emma Mackey as Emily, a rebel and misfit, uh, as she finds her voice and writes the literary classic Withering Heights. Emily explores the relationships that inspired her raw, passionate sisterhood with Charlotte, her sister Charlotte, her sister Anne, and her first aching, forbidden love for Wakeman, And her care for her maverick brother, brother's name is Bromwell, who she idolizes. And that's the write-up. And the synopsis. From Warner Brothers. A little bit different. And it gives you a little bit more. Into. The, the details of the story. That you see on screen. Her relationship with her sisters. Um, Something that they didn't mention in either. Um, blurbs. Is. Her relationship with her father. And which is something to me that, that speaks volumes, especially after her having to deal with the death of her mother at such a young age. And I would say, and I don't mean to compare films, but for those of you guys who listened to my earlier recording about Cocaine Bear... You would gather that I enjoyed this film, Emily, much more than Cocaine Bear. This film had a much more lush, coherent, um, detailed story about uh, Emily Bront's life, her family life, her relationship uh, with her sisters, her her, her brother the way they visualized, depicted, and adapted the relationships Emily had with her siblings were very, I would say they were close, right? The family was close with the way that they interacted with each other. How they would want to support one another. But, one of the through lines in the film was more or less the perception of who Emily was in the town and the village that they lived in. She was known as the strange one. She was weird. Um, She... Was thought to be the outcast of the family. As per she. Wasn't going to amount. To anything. And. She wasn't the only one in the family. Who ended up on that. Side of the road. Her brother. Was also. More or less. Akin to that same. Perception. Uh Maverick. Maybe because he tried different things and he wanted to um, add validity to his life and show that his father, that he has, or that he brought value to the family. But within that try of his, there were many problems. And he... Bromwell, the brother, was in influence on Emily for all accounts. Uh, the way that the film depicted Bromwell he uh He was a drinker, heavy drinker, and a drug abuser of that time, uh, opium elixirs uh heavy pints at the bar. And uh, just trying to find his way. Uh, during these times, this was a time and a period of peace. I wouldn't be able to tell you as to when it was. But it was somewhere, I would want to say in the UK. Uh, because the the scenery and the backdrop and the environments that they, that they shot the movie in reminded me a lot of a of a series that I watched years ago on PBS Masterpiece called Poldark. Dark and you could equate it to like a British soap opera or something like that or whatever and it was like a, it was a remake of a series that was done in the the 70s I believe and folks I loved that that series Poldark. Dark I thought it was fantastic um, and this particular movie with its visuals, reminded me a lot of that. And that particular series took place in... I want to say... The Highlands, right? And or... Um, I think the, the name of the town or the city was Corn Cornwall? Or something like that? But anyways, to that effect... That's what the um the environment and the backdrop and the and, and the set scenes and set pieces in Emily looked like. Uh the Highlands of it could be Scotland, Ireland, uh lush greens, um more or less Victorian type times, I wanna say. Uh women wearing those not so renaissance era puffy dresses with the corsets and stuff like that or whatever, but just later on. I would say that's why I'm saying 1800s or so. Um So with all that being said, uh, just to give you a setup for the time and everything else in between, I explained the relationship she had with her older brother Bromwell, who was an influence on her, but she was influenced by all of her siblings, young and old. She had an older sister named Charlotte, uh, who was a teacher. She was supposed to take after Charlotte, and become a teacher herself, Emily, that is, and then her sister Anne, her younger sister Anne. And Anne was just following in the footsteps. She also went to school to then later become a teacher of some sort, and it was what it was in that regard. And the reason as to why Emily was deemed or called or labeled the strange one was because she didn't necessarily aspire to do what the family told her to do or just copy what anybody uh, was doing at the time. She was a, a free spirit. She was willing to try anything once just to experience it and then... Like, immerse herself in it so that she can have a story to tell about it. The beginning of the movie begins with her love of listening to her sister tell stories. And then her love of retelling those stories, but in her own way to her younger sister. The, I found that about Emily to be so very it's humanistic at the end of the day because within human nature itself we're all about telling stories and passing them down and somewhat either entertaining or educating people And grabbing their attention With these stories And Emily had this Vivid imagination But she was also Very attached To her deceased mother um, Who in her father's eyes Was a free spirit herself And He saw a lot of her in Emily, which is something that after the mother's death was something the father didn't necessarily look too kindly upon. Just because the, the memories are too strong and things of that nature. So you have this whole dynamic with her family. Her her father was a preacher and was seemed to be. Um I don't want to guess. What religion it was because they weren't quakers i don't necessarily feel it was a catholic church either because it's the, the 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 style of preaching um wasn't very reminiscent of catholic catholicism um but at the same time i've seen it somewhere else before in another movie that the, the style of uh of preaching that was going on. Uh, I saw it in that Kenneth Branagh film, Belfast. Um, So if anyone's seen that film, it's very similar to that when they characterize and visualize and then let you listen to her father, the reverend, the preacher. It's very similar to that style of preaching that was going on um, in that movie Belfast that I mentioned previously. In this church came in a new curette. Uh, basically a uh, an aspiring priest, reverend preacher uh, by the name of Waitman who ends up being Emily's love interest in the movie and things of that nature. She had never been in love before and up falling for this guy. Um, this guy is very uh, very by the book very about God and not wanting to sin and things of that nature even though he's you know some, some, in, in, in parts of the movie you know he gets down with old girl you know what I'm saying man he's he's he's, he's, uh, he's having sex with her plenty of times and they're having this relationship behind behind closed doors behind everybody's back no one knows all at the same time as all this other th- stuff is going on uh, the evolving uh, spiral that her brother Brahma is going through uh, with the drug and the alcohol addiction. Um, her sisters off at school, one learning how to be a teacher, one already being a teacher. Uh, her father, not necessarily being around for them, but he's just more there for his congregation and things of that nature, and to look good in front of the the village folk and things of that nature this whole dynamic while she's living this life with all these different paths uh, the indulgence and, and influence of her of her older brother as she uh, dabbles in drug use and smoking tobacco and things of that nature and still wanting to tell stories and write which channels her relationship with her older sister Charlotte and then trying to maintain a level of innocence uh, like her younger sister Anne, and and not necessarily succumb and fall into these darker themes that were uh, apparent in the movie. And to me, the way it was all woven together was so well done uh, I thought that wherever they went to shoot the backdrop of this movie was incredible the movie was well written um Frances O'Connor uh, makes her de- there makes her uh, de- directorial debut with Emily as well as she's the one who writes the screenplay for this um And I thought thought that she did a tremendous job with this. Um, I think this is a film that people should go out and see and experience in a movie theater. It is different. Um, From what I read from other critics, it's not historically accurate, but the artistic liberties that are taken with the film Don't undo who Emily Bronte or Bronte uh, was as a person, as a writer and things of that nature, whatever the case is there. So Emily, I thought was a great film. I feel like folks should go out there and watch it. I recommend it. It's my stamp of approval, if you will. And yeah, man, actress Emma Mackey. She did the damn thing as uh, Emily Bront in this film. And I, I'll uh, definitely be looking out for more of her work because she killed it, man. Uh, and to mention one last thing uh, as to why she killed it. There's this one specific scene in the movie where it seemed that they were at a table. They, as in Emily, her sisters, uh, Wakeman was there at one point, and, uh, and a friend of the family, a female friend of the family. And they were playing this game. And while they were playing this game, everybody had a chance to go around the table and basically try to have people guess who they were trying to portray because they had this mask uh, that was borrowed from uh, the girl's father. Uh, Bromwell was there too. Uh, This mask belonged to the girl's and Bromwell's mother. But everyone else was using the mask to play a character. And when it came to Emily's turn, uh, her older sister Charlotte, who at that time was uh, down on Emily, said that Emily wouldn't be good at this game. And when it came to Emily's turn, Emily obviously wanted to prove her wrong. Something came about it, Emily. And it was one of those very windy nights. And the weather was more or less bad, things of that nature. And Emily basically turned into that family's mother, the deceased mother. And all the children who were around that table basically believing that Emily had just turned into their mother. Like, Emily's mother's spirit was in Emily. And Emily was basically doing, uh, had altered her voice to such a tone that all the children on the table, not children necessarily, but you know what I mean, they believed that their mother was in front of them, even though Emily was there with a mask on. And I don't believe, just from my perception of it, and this is just, you know, it's it's the film at the end of the day. I don't believe she meant any harm by it, at at least the way that it was was shot. And I thought, my belief was, my perspective was, um, it came to... Tie into the whole, well, she's the weird one aspect of it, because there seemed to be this gothic aspect of Emily being possessed, maybe by her mother's spirit in those moments and it feeling so real to everyone in that room it, around that table. It was such an intense and visceral moment in that movie. Shit made me like, whoa, this is strong. But yet it was super creative in my head because I was like, this isn't supposed to be a scary movie or some sort of an exorcism, right? This is just more or less an exercise in, you know, well, you didn't know. This was a more or less a reflection Of where the thought process of their deceased mother was in the family no one talked about the mother they weren't allowed to talk about her and then when Emily basically transforms into the spirit of their mother like their real emotions and their real feelings about them missing their mother and them wanting their mother to be there and things of that nature came out in this moment and I was like man Emma Mackey just killed this entire movie in this 5 to 7 minutes and I wanted to leave you guys with that because it was just a, such a strong scene to me like you see love scenes a lot of the time um, romances and love stories and things of that nature and and biopics and 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 and, and just the, the description of people's lives when they lived it, right? But that scene itself, even though I felt like, of course, this was something that um, artistic liberty was taking on and it probably wasn't a an actual account of something that happened. It just seemed and felt so real at that moment in time while watching the movie. And give it up to the actors in this film. I thought that everybody in this film from top to bottom had top notch performances but Emma Mackey came away head and shoulders above everybody else in this film so I wanted to leave you guys with that and my recommendation of this film so as you all know when I put my uh, stamp of approval on things we're just gonna Keep it going. Until next time folks. This has been. Your friendly. Neighborhood moviegoer. John L. Signing off until next time. Next week. We've got. A slate. Of three films coming. So I hope you guys. Continue to tune in. And. I appreciate you all for listening to all the content coming your way. Be good to one another. Stay safe out there. And, uh, yeah. Peace, folks.